Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the art studio. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio. And I hope the art is coming out well. You know, clients are like bulls. And artists are like bullfighters. In order for there to be a good show for the audience, both have to be present. But the artist really has to keep a close eye on the bull. Or the bullfighter has to keep a close eye on the bull, pardon me. Or he could really get in trouble. So when you got clients, you got to watch them like hawks. It is, without a doubt true that whenever I receive a contract from a client, it always contains a lot of mistakes. It also contains things that seem to have something to do with the project that don't, are often slanted to benefit the client and not me, and so on and so forth. Also, a lot of times the terms of the contract are not clear, like what happens if the client you know, stops the project or the client stops responding or I hand in work, when do I get paid? And so on and so forth. So I got a contract today from a big client and it was full of all, all kinds of holes and mistakes and things left out and even my page rate was wrong. The total amount they were going to pay me was correct, but the, the way they added it up was incorrect. The math on the contract was incorrect. You have to read over every single contract, word by word, step by step, and make sure it makes sense. And don't be afraid to not sign it. Write back and say, here's a contract I will sign that does make sense. It's really important to set the parameters out between you and a client so you both know what to expect. A lot of my job is negotiation, and I try to keep it simple. And I've learned a lot of hard lessons by delivering poorly written contracts or signing them that did not favor me, benefit me, or even include me in any way, so to speak. (laughs) I'm being a little facetious there, but I think you get the idea. One thing that can happen in the middle of a job is people start having expectations on when and if and turnarounds, or changes and how many changes they get and what changes will be and so on. So for me, let's talk about this particular job since that's what I'm involved in. The client gets two rounds. They get a script which is written in storyboard form, and they pay me a whole lot of money to do that. That's actually a job unto unto itself, breaking the idea into a storyboard, which you and I would call a visual script. I charge for that. So they get that, and they can beat it up, change it, do what they want to do, 
But that is essentially the layout of the story and the words that will be used to write the story. Very important to understand that last part because they have to look over these words and make sure the story is what they want. I mean, I could be doing a story about SpongeBob who is not their character and they'd get a lawsuit and be bad. So, I, you know, if I slip something into the middle of the story that's not good, they need to see it early before I actually draw ink and color the whole dang thing, right? So that's stage one. Then stage two is I go back and actually execute the work. And then I get the second half of the money deliverable within 15 days of me delivering that final work. Now here's the thing about final work. You don't want to leave the door open to unlimited changes. But each job as it's, you know, done can either be more and more complex or more and more simple. If a client wants more steps to the job, well of course it's going to take more time, you have to charge more. So clients try to creep in different things on a job. I am not kidding. Two clients this week sent me a book to read and said, here, read this book and let me know what you think and if you could write this story. Could you imagine sending your lawyer a book to read? He would charge you $500 an hour to read that book and then send you a bill. People got some <laughs> real sort of audacity thinking my time is absolutely worthless or that they can just use it as they see fit and so on and so forth. You know, I'm not here to yell at clients and admonish them, so I just either move on, don't move on, try to judge it. You know, and I'm pretty patient because I understand this animal. People don't know a thing about buying art. Not a thing. And for me to educate them would take way too long. So if a client comes in with unreasonable demands and crazy requests, I just simply say, well, I really can't do that, but I can do this. And if that works, fine, because I might not be willing to do their crazy requests. Or maybe they can afford it, which is never the case. You know, if they came in and said, I want all this and that, and I said, can you afford it? <laughs> never the case. So I try to steer them into a project that makes sense. I have a guy, for example, now that wants me to illustrate his adventure book. We've been going around for over a year on his adventure book. What I finally said in order to help him help me is I said, listen, you know, you have a lot of ambitions and dreams here with your adventure book, and it's not cheap to make a book. To be sure that I'm the right artist, this is the right project, why don't we make five pages of the book, or one page, and see if that works for you. And if that works, we go forward. We can do little parts at a time, whoever you'd like to. If not, that's fine. Now, I don't know what his crazy expectation is I'm supposed to read his book, quote-unquote, but that's not going to happen. Now, I'm not going to call him up and like admonish him and throw the job into the trash. That would be foolish of me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first couple pages, because it's not hard for me to read. I'm going to lay those out, and that's what he gets. If he doesn't like it, too bad. But I'm going to try to do my very best, as I do with every single job. You know, I try to pay myself well with the art. I try to be careful of the jobs I take. And I really, really try to do a good job. But clients sneak up behind you with their big horns like a bull and stab you. 
so many times they try to expand the job or ask for things. I got this client now that the only way to please this woman would be a mind to become a mind reader. But I've been very reasonable with her, and I said to her, "Listen, you know, I'm willing to make these kind of changes, but you're going to have to pay me for my time." And you know, now of course she probably doesn't want the changes, which are fine because they were arbitrary, capricious changes. And if she wanted those things in the artwork, she should have mentioned it beforehand. You know, people give me a list of what they want, and then I sometimes double check, ask questions, clarify, or get more photos, whatever I think I need to make their vision come true. After they see their vision, they sometimes say things like, "Can you add a unicorn into the drawing?" I go, "Yeah, but that's a whole new drawing with you and the unicorn. So now I need a whole new payment." People don't really get how much work it takes to create art. It's kind of scary how ignorant people are. Actually, I've gotten way past being offended by it. In other words, I'm always offended, so I just learn to live with it and not show my offense, and reason that much like a five-year-old who might, you know, not make it to the bathroom, my clients can't make it to a reasonable point for buying art. Sometimes people do. But sometimes people don't, and、uh, like today, a guy <laughs> was negotiating with me, and he goes, "Well, I don't understand. You know, the size、uh, isn't it all by the size of the art?" And I said, "Well, size is one thing, but it's also by complexity." I said, "Drawing a single line on a, on a poster-sized page is very quick." I said, "You know, a single line, <laughs> done." I said, "You know, but drawing a lot of lines on a big poster would take a long time." So the complexity of the drawing, how many elements, what is supposed to be represented in that drawing? Well, of course, that's going to add time to the drawing, which adds time to the quote. I pride myself on trying to give good, accurate quotes quickly. I am a super good judge at how long it takes for me to do stuff. I can look at something and know, okay, well, that's probably about this, and I throw a little more time on. Sometimes, if I think I might not be hundred percent. But more often than not, I am. Sometimes I miss it, and sometimes I'm in a strange place where I call not being able to draw quickly. I'm tired, or my mind, or I'm not feeling good, so I, I'm drawing slow that day. And so a project may take me longer just to the sheer fact I'm not physically up to it, and that's hard to factor in, because if I'm running on all cylinders, I go much faster than opposed to not. Just the way it is. Anyway, I got this contract with all these things that were wrong and not there, not present. And when do I get paid? And how do I get paid? And when do we deliver? And what exactly am I delivering? What will it cost? What happens if the project is killed? What will I get paid? Will there be any refunds? Which, of course, there are not. You know, so on and so forth. Because a lot of times projects will go about halfway, then stop. So you have to have it in your contract what to do if that happens. You don't want to be giving money back or, gi- or giving your time away due to some kind of ineptitude on their part. There should also be a parachute, which you and I also might call the divorce clause inside a contract. Everybody goes in with the best intentions, and we try to clarify everything. But sometimes things don't work. When it comes to that, everybody should sit down then and try to renegotiate the project so it can go forward and can work. As opposed to ne- abandoning the project, which is one of the options, 
There's also the option to sit down and renegotiate the project. Here's something you should always know. Everything's up to negotiation and renegotiation and negotiation again. Everything. Even a marriage. You might promise to love each other to mar- forever and be married, but then someone changes their mind and it's over. Everything's up for negotiation all the time. So if you find yourself in the middle of a contract and it turns out they want something that you didn't expect or an extra page or whatever it could be, well then that expands the contract and you should hand in another work order for that expanded contract to get paid for it and identify that as such and put that in the contract and say, when they expand the contract and ask for things that are beyond the scope of this contract, I will create another invoice and work order that will be paid in 15 days of me presenting it and so on and so forth. So you present timetables or how you get paid and what the work will be and so on. This client slipped in unlimited changes, which is how we consider it, into the project. Now, that's not going to happen. I don't do unlimited changes. In fact, I don't do changes to finished art unless I'm paid to make new finished art. That's how it works. You know, we should have worked out the storyboards and the script way before we ever went to shooting the movie. That's how I look at it. We should know what the script is before we shoot. So if I go and draw the script that we've agreed upon and I come back, you know, and we have the storyboards all approved and I come back with what we'd expect all professionally drawn the way I draw it and believe me, I try to hand in a beautifully designed, beautifully illustrated project, then that's it. That's the end of it. Now, if there's blatant mistakes or elements or something that I've done wrong, I will certainly warranty that and fix it. But beyond that, I'm not going to do, let's try it this way, let's try it that way. That is absolutely never happening. It can't. It would put me out of business as any kind of person, as an artist. You can't work that way. You have to be finite and be, and be you know, willing to deliver what you deliver professionally, but you can't be taken advantage of by your clients. You absolutely can't because they will do it not because they're doing it on purpose, because they're doing it out of ignorance. They'll ask you to draw it this way, draw it that way, draw it this way forever, as long as you're willing to do it for free. And big agencies and other people, they want to pass the buck on to you because they have no control over what the ultimate client might say. The client might get the thing and say, I hate this horse. I hate this lettering. Do it all over again. And then somebody has to get caught doing it all over again. Well, I need to get paid to do it all over again. And often that money doesn't exist for them. Who knows? Don't care even. Don't even care. But you have to stick to your guns on this. And don't be antagonistic. Don't be confrontational. Just like someone say, hey, I want you to jump off this bridge. And you go, oh, I'm not jumping off that bridge. When someone says, hey, I want you to sign this crazy contract. You go, oh, I can't sign that contract. I'm sorry. But let's, I would sign this contract. And that's what I did today. I rewrote the contract and said, here's how much I should get paid, when I should get paid, here's how I'll deliver, when I'll deliver, blah, 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 blah. And all the way through it with every single contingency, which is not that many, it's like 40 things to type out. And then we all are on the same page what it's going to be. I present a very unique product in the marketplace. It's not for everybody. My style's not for every project. It's not for everything. But for the things it does work for and the people it does work for, I'm a great person to find. 
I'm responsive. I'm quick. I deliver just what I'm going to say I'm going to deliver when I'm going to deliver it. It's great to have me on your team. I show up and work just like I say. And I usually try to deliver it early and try to deliver something great. I mean, I'm in the prime of my life right now, and I'm drawing very well. And when I deliver a client something, I try to deliver something super cool that I myself would like. That's the criteria. I have to go, man, this is cool. And that's it usually is. Something else I've learned, something I want to pass on here. There's a way to draw accurately, and then there's a way to draw attractively. I've seen people online who draw very attractive portraits. They just have a knack of drawing the right things, filling things in the right way to make the people look really good, really cool. It's a lot different than just being accurate drawing a good-looking portrait of somebody. It's, it's a very unique skill and talent. And right now, in the middle of doing portraits of a person, a very famous person, and there's a couple ways to approach it, like, you know, highly accurately, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And so it's weird, but the, for the first couple of days, I was just doing what I call accurate. And I wasn't happy. I was looking at it thinking, you know, what is it I'm not happy with it about this? And I finally said to myself, you know, this thing is like the uncanny valley where people look spooky, like in that movie Polar Express. It's just a little too accurate, something almost like pinball art. I didn't like it. So I went back and I smoothed things out and I simplified things. And I kind of made the hair rounder and fuller and the eyes more simple. And it's slightly less realistic, but a whole lot better to look at. You know, there's kind of like Neil Adams realism, and then there's like, you know, Dave Stevens, the Rocketeer type art. It's more cartoony, even though, quote unquote, realistic, so to speak. But there's a way to make things very attractive in a cartoony sense without turning it into a, you know, a hyper cartoon like SpongeBob or something. There's some sort of of nice middle ground in there where the inks can smooth things out. You don't want to put in every line, so to speak. It's kind of like clothing. You know, Chick Stone, the old Marvel inker, would ink clothing in a certain way. Very smooth, couple loops look cool. And then other people would labor over the the clothing, all scratchy and hundreds of folds. I kind of always like the smoother, cleaner look of the folds of clothing the way a heavy curtain might look when folded. So there's definitely styles of, of ways to do things, hair, eyes, inking, and so on, to make things more attractive. And I noticed that some artists really have a whole career based on being able to do attractive people, especially women. So it's a skill. And, uh, you know, I've, I've really been locked in this closet now of being accurate for so long, and I've really been pushing that uh, more than I can tell you, uh, that I think that I got away a little bit from doing things attractively. So that's what I interjected back into my, my test designs today of the character. And they really look a lot better. I'm getting paid a lot of money to make this particular piece of artwork. You know, it's a, it's a big piece and I have to do this portrait portrait and these many portraits exactly right and and yet even though they're accurate there was something 
spooky about them and, uh, and had the uncanny valley feeling. So that's what that's what I noticed today. That's what I went and fixed and worked on. And I think I have a much better product because of that. It's kind of like fashion photography versus just shooting someone's picture. You can just walk up to someone and bam, shoot their picture. And it'll look like them and be them, but it's not such a great picture. Then you can take them into a studio, soft light them, makeup, backlighting, comb their hair, and you have a really nice picture of them and they look good due to all these extra elements that have added to the whole thing. And that's how I think of drawing a, a nice looking portrait is a, a you know, good looking art, a good looking car or a pretty plant or, you know, kind of rounder and smoother and fuller lines, a little more simplified in order to convey a less, uh, I don't know, accurate appearance, but a better, more pleasing look. It's all I can say. So something I lost then found again. Amazing how many times with art it's that way where you sort of have to relearn something or go, oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do here and so on because we get sucked down these rabbit holes for a while and get obsessed with them. The more I work in color, the more I'm obsessed with color. And the more you can do with color, of course. You can lay out a very simple line drawing, but with color you can bring the whole dang thing to life, you know, and you've put only eight lines on the page. So there's a lot to be done with color, reflected light, all kinds of stuff that can really add. And I, I've done uh, my last two books now have been full color, even though I've done a lot of color work in the past. But not like this. This is my new place I'm at with color. And the books look really cool. I'm really happy with them. Looking forward to a lot of things this summer. A lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. I hope there's a lot of exciting stuff for you on the horizon. Go out there. Have fun. We're only going to have one summer of 2015. So we've all got to enjoy it. we all got to live. we all got to, you know, party. I'm telling you, this is your time. Uh... You know, it's great to draw and make projects and do things, but it's even more fun to spend time with the people you love, go out and have fun. I've got vacations planned. I've got stuff planned. We went paddle boarding last weekend. We're going to go kayaking. I got a lot of stuff that I want to do. My body's falling apart as we speak like the mummy, but I'm just going to keep going uh, until I'm just like a head in a jar, until there's nothing left. Uh, I'm just going to go all the way. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my plan. I hope all of you guys are having a great day. Thanks for stopping in and chatting with me about what's going on and you know what I'm doing. It's a fun ride. It's super busy here right now, which is great. I feel blessed, uh, lucky to have the clients. But you know, you got to watch those clients like a hawk, like a bullfighter fighting a bull. You can't turn your back on them. Read your contracts, every single word. Have somebody else read them who's smarter than you. That's what I do. I'm not kidding. I get somebody much smarter than me with a better attention span. I have them them read the contract. And the first thing they said to me tonight was, hey, I noticed that the the price is wrong. And I go, yeah. yeah." So be very careful with every single element. And don't be afraid to add elements in that favor you, like when you get paid, how long it takes to do work, how long changes and turnarounds will be. And one thing you should always have is client response and your response. When you turn something in, the client responds in a couple days and or something happens. You know, they have to reach out, not reach out. 
because I've had a client literally sent them something and they didn't respond for three years. And they came back and said, okay, I'm ready to keep going, just like it was a day earlier. So I learned then that you can't allow clients to have an open-ended forever contract. It has to have a finite point. So they have to respond within two days. Otherwise, within 15 days, the contract closes, you're paid in full, and you go on with your life. Very important to put that in your contracts. Have a great day. I'll see you soon. Carry on. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.